You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 352. You're listening to The Lively Show. This podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Hello, my friends. Welcome to today's show. I am so excited to be speaking with you. It's been a little bit of a minute since we last checked in. And as I'm recording this, it is 8.44 a.m. here in Mexico City. I am literally going to be recording this and then hopping in an Uber to go to the airport to head back to Lisbon. It has been so fun to bounce around Mexico for a few weeks recently in and out of Mexico City to Los Cabos and also Puerto Escondido again, places that I am really enjoying. Who knew? I would never have imagined I would be spending so much time in Mexico uh, if it actually COVID hadn't happened. So this has definitely been an unexpected leg of travel, but something that I've enjoyed a lot. And now I'm going back to Lisbon to go enjoy my place and space and all the things that I love there also. So anyways, I just wanted to check in with you guys and say hello and say thank you to everyone that's been listening and enjoying Flowing Up, the audio series that we aired a little bit about last episode. Last episode, you heard a chapter from that audio series. So many people have been buying and downloading and listening to Flowing Up. If you have actually downloaded it and are listening to it, are enjoying it as much as I had fun with Megan creating it. Thank you again to Megan for co-hosting that with me. And also just as June is now starting, I just wanted to share a few little things before I get into the Q&A today on all the questions you guys have asked on the Lively Community app. One was that Playtime is starting. So Playtime is a little laboratory class. This is a new form of class. We've never done anything quite like this before through Team Lively, but it's something I wanted to do because as I've been working with IVFT and the squad leaders and IVFT members in the last few months, by the way, congratulations, can I also just say to round two for graduating and being certified certified and completing IVFT round two. It was so fun to do this recent round. It was by far the longest calls I've ever done. Probably, I think I broke more records of how long I'll sit and coach and talk uh, than ever. I think some of the calls went over six hours long. I think part of that was in grace to the fact that I was actually here in Mexico. And so central time zone is so much easier to stay talking from, I guess, what is it? Like five to one in the morning or whatever it was. It's easier to do that than it is in Lisbon from like 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. So either way, I enjoyed it immensely. Congratulations to all those that have done it. If you want to actually go work with these new facilitators, you can head over to JessLively.com slash find a facilitator. Also, you can do beanbag sessions. All that information is over on JessLively.com. So feel free to head over there if you want to work with these new facilitators and do an inner voice session, do a beanbag release session, learn how to do that directly with yourself and the facilitator to help you. It's all there for you as resources if you feel ready and willing and wanting to do so. And also, like I said, as I was talking with them, we were just having fun in all the calls we do. It's just such a fun, creative space when I work with the squad leaders and how we're going to create IVFT for each round, but also even with the members. And we were talking about time a lot. And time is something that for the last, I would say three or four years especially, but ultimately the opposite version of time that I you know, had crunch of time and stress from time was very much a part of my life when I started The Lively Show back in 2014. So I've been on both sides of the time spectrum personally myself, overwhelmed, over like worked. When I started The Lively Show way back when in 2014, I remember hitting a point in Austin, Texas when I was living there that 
I sat on the side of the road down on the ground (laughs) on the curb next to my car and I just had this moment of like oh my gosh I'm finally doing everything I always wanted making the impact I've always wanted to with my career I was pivoting from jewelry design to business coaching into um I guess you could call it life coaching or the work I do now and I was pivot pivot pivoting all of these years and I finally got to be doing and really making the impact I really wanted to in my career with the people I was working with through the show but I was so stressed out that I had no time on my schedule I was blocked full of time for things going on. I didn't have time to get dry cleaning, wash my hair for days at a time. I was beyond worked to bone. I remember at the time, my partner at the time had to help me just like take over the to-do list because I was in tears one night, just so stressed by everything. It was hectic. So that is definitely one version of me around the concept of time, which was not very fun. And I remember even thinking, here I am having the impact I've always wanted, but I'm too stressed out to even enjoy it. So that was insightful on the one side of the dualistic pendulum of life around time, the stress of not enough time. And then in 20, I would say 2018 is I think where the opposite after the law of attraction and after the Abraham and after the consciousness stuff started to really seep into my life, my awareness and my work, I then had to face the other side of the time pendulum, which I never expected to have to face, which was the fear of too much time. By the way, I think there's a pigeon outside. So if you hear a little cooing, that's what's going on outside my apartment. I'm like, what's that noise? I think it's a pigeon. Anyway, so uh, yeah, he's going to town over there. Okay, anyways, so when I was in 2018, I then had to face the fear of too much time. What does it look like to have a completely empty calendar? What does it look like to look at a calendar week, for example, and see nothing on the docket, no appointments, no schedules, nothing to do? And how would I cope with that? Now, of course, as you guys know, 2018, my life looked like living alone, living, traveling, being in Australia, had a little bit of you know friends and stuff. but didn't have a load of things going on there. So that was a very stressful place to be. I know more and more people as they're listening to their inner voices are being guided to more space and time and emptiness in their lives through their consciousness expanding in that direction. Other people in the community have like three kids, a partner and a business and a billion things going on with not enough time to even think to themselves. So I know everybody's in a a different boat in this group that we have here listening to this community and the show. But there are some people, I know them through IVFT, I can say, and some of the people that we're working with um, directly. So I know some of them and obviously others that are in IVFT that I don't even know, I'm sure also. Some people are starting to face the fear of too much time. That's what I had to face. I obviously certainly didn't need a vacation. I've been traveling the world for like three years by that point full time with a lot of freedom and like relaxation. So it wasn't like a dream that my old self with a super pack schedule would have wanted. It was like I was already relaxed, but then I was learning to relax to like a point of like drifting into the unknown and like, will I become a soup of jello? And for those that are uh, familiar with that feeling of that soup of jello, you know what, like feeling, am I just gonna like drift into nothing if I let this space be there this much? That's another side of the time pendulum that is something that needs to be addressed when it comes to time. So anyways, all this to say, after all these years of time and playing with it in my life and like going into the fears of too much time, what is that like? What happens when you go into it? What is needed? What isn't needed? In the concept of time, what I found over the last year since 2018, since going through both sides of the pendulum and learning to let go, flow, allow, and trust my inner voice and find that natural rhythm of life and energy serving 
me. My time is an aspect of energy of myself serving me and my life experience. And what's amazing is that life, I keep saying it over and over again because it just kept proving to be true, fits me like a glove. Time fits me like a glove. Even this moment, like as I'm recording this podcast, I was up at like three in the morning for some reason here, not able to sleep. And so then I was like, well, maybe I should record the show. But by the time seven o'clock rolled around, of course, I get like a half hour of sleep then and I'm super tired. And then I wake up too tired to do the show. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get ready. And if there's time for the show, then I'll do it if I feel like it. But otherwise, I won't stress. And here I am. I had like 45 minutes to an hour to do the show, which is exactly the time that I usually record. So anyways, this is a long story about playtime, but <laughs> I guess it's useful for those that are interested possibly in taking the class. So if you want, the, the people in the community were asking me, please do something around time. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to do a 30-day quote unquote challenge. I'm calling it a laboratory or experiment, but the mind, I know the mind very well for all the years of working with them, loves 30-day challenges. It loves, um, you know, you may not like 30-day challenges. I don't actually like them personally, but the mind, what I did throughout my time to get my mind to back down and try to allow new opportunities and new ways of living that my mind had fears and limitations around when it came to living this way, an example for time, I was, I would say, I'm going to try this for 30 days. And if it doesn't work out, (laughs) then I'm going to go back to regular life. But I could get my mind to really open up, relax and allow whenever I gave it a 30 day, like we're going to try X, this new way of doing things. We're going to let go of that concern for 30 days and see if life falls apart. And if it doesn't, we'll keep going. And if it does, we'll bring in the old way of living instead. So I know the minds love that, or at least I found that very helpful for as a tool for my mind to really open up and practice and play with new things, let go of limitations and see what happens on the other side. So that's what I want this little playtime to be, this little time collaboratory workshop. It's not a collaboratory course. It's like just me collaborating with you guys, working with you directly. We're going to start on day one, and we're going to have a Tuesday call. It's actually starting next week, so Tuesday whatever next Tuesday is. <laughs> I think we're in June. This is the month, I think, next Tuesday. So if you're listening to this fresh, you can still join us if you want to. Um, we'll have a call then. We'll also have a call on Thursday. So we'll be discussing the principles and guidelines, and then you're going to find your inner voice to guide you on how to apply those principles and guidelines and experimenting with letting go of a lot of things your mind has perceived about time and see what happens for those 30 days in your life. Now, of course, like I said, there are people that are busy mothers and busy business owners or people in corporate America or elsewhere in the world. And then there are people that are floating around kind of homelessly, kind of nomadically, semi like I was in 2018. Everybody will be able to use what we're doing. You'll just have to use your inner voice to guide and mold it to the service of your own life and situation. And that will be guided through you. And what we're going to also do is have two follow-up calls, one at the halfway mark of the 30 days and one at the final 30-day mark as a little bit of a celebration. But also those two follow-up calls will be kind of coaching calls. I'll be able to troubleshoot with you guys, help you through anything that you're experiencing. And you'll be able to share with each other the life circumstances and lifestyles that you have right now and how this experiment's going for you. So you can be encouraging to each other, like this experience happened when I didn't think I'd have that happen or all those types of things. Or if you're having trouble as a mom or as a business owner or as someone in corporate world (laughs) places, if you're working or because of COVID, there's like interesting things that are challenging around time for you. You'll be able to share those and the group that also will be so diverse will be able to share their insights and help for you too. So I think it's just gonna be a really fun 
different type of course. Very, I would say, lightweight compared to IVFT or Cocoon. Cocoon, by the way, is also starting up in July. So if you're interested in joining that, you can go over to justlively.com slash Cocoon. That's the longest and most in-depth and advanced course that I've ever offered. We're doing another round of it for the next four, I think it's about four months long. So it's a very long, very deep, very powerful um, experience. It's coming up soon. But before that, we're doing this playtime thing, which will be much lighter, freed, open to anyone that's joined. You don't have to be IVFT certified. You don't have to have done anything with our community before. If this feels like a fit for you and your intuition's jumping up and down, then join us over at JessLively.com slash playtime. All right, so that's a really long intro to that. Let me just now jump, by the way, into uh, the little Q&A. So on the Lively app, I did a little call-up for questions. I, as usual, did not even pre-read them. So I'm just like literally pulling up the app right now. By the way, it's free if you want to join and you haven't already. Feel free to. It is there for you to have fun with, meet other people. People are starting to do meetups. That's one thing that the IVFT beta and round one and round two are really starting to roam the world and start to meet up with each other and are just kind of having meetups and all that sort of stuff. And that's something that you can find in the app. So if you want to join, you don't have to have the IVFT certified. I just know that those are some of the people starting to do that. You're always welcome to meet everybody and just have fun. And it's totally free for you. Team Lively pays for the app and all the expenses for it. So you guys can just have fun and enjoy it. All right, so now let's get into the Q&A. So Amy J says, hi, I seem to be in a career slump and financial slump after COVID. I want to know what is the best way to bounce back. I'm trying to do things as I'm inspired. Was this what you were writing pages and pages of gratitude lists to get yourself into alignment? What advice do you have to attract more abundance? Also, thank you. Okay, so when it comes to bouncing back, I'm trying to do things as I'm inspired. That's great. I love that you're trying to do things as you're inspired. Obviously, tuning into your intuition is going to be number one in terms of the career and choices thereof, and also the finances. So check in with your inner voice. Is the career an issue? Is the finances an issue? If not, why? And what about those finances or what about those career choices? What should I do next? Ask your inner voice for all those clarities first. That's obviously the only place to start. There is no other, I mean, any other answer than that, if you have the access to your inner voice, is giving you a disservice because the there's no two mountains that are the same. There's no two rivers that are the same. There's no two rainbows that are exactly the same. There's no two snowflakes the same. So consciousness doesn't repeat itself in nature. In its natural form, there's no repetition. It's unique formation of energy in each and every moment and instant. You are one of those pieces of nature. And so if you'll allow your consciousness to form its energy around you, you'll have a unique path that doesn't look exactly like anyone else's. So if anyone else was to project their path onto you and say, this worked for me, so you should do it for you also cookie cutter style, step one, step two kind of thing. You could get some level of, I would say, human like success, but it's not going to be nearly as majestic. Whenever I go on a flight, like I'm about to, I always notice when I look at the ground, as you can so easily do from a plane, you can see what consciousness created, which is the entire universe and the planet you see below you, the rivers, the lakes, the mountains. And then you see those tiny little boxes, those tiny little houses that the minds created. The minds create houses, the consciousness creates universes. One is much grander, more majestic and beautiful than the other. I mean, it's not to say the mind's little 
houses aren't cute and pretty and wonderful for what they are, but what the capacity of your actual nature inherent in you to do in your own life is literally the difference between creating the planet Earth versus a house on planet Earth. So your mind can cookie cutter and look like another cookie cutter house, which you notice as you're looking in the plane, there's so many subdivisions and repetitions of the same patterns and box styles that the mind does. The mind loves to repeat itself or repeat what others have done before, but the nature you see below you doesn't ever identically, identically do anything perfectly the same. Even in fractals, there's always a unique variation within the inherent details of each experience. So your consciousness, long story short, is going to have a unique path that will suit and guide you as a unique individual you are. So go there for those answers. When it comes to the things like my rampages of appreciation, I do that because it's fun. I do that because I have loads of time and freedom because of following my intuition. So because I followed it, what has flowed is a lot of time, fun, and freedom. So when I sometimes feel like it, and I, I just did one yesterday, which was fun. I did it for like five or 10 minutes, did a little rampage of appreciation, wrote down things I appreciate in my laptop. Hadn't done it in over a month, I think, but that's the time that I had the interest to do it. So I did it when I felt like it. I just do it literally because it feels good when I don't have other things to do. <laughs> but when I do do it, I often will then sometimes pop into my email and I'll answer some emails as I go. So it's like a fun way of it getting stuff done without having to effort or force anything to happen. The inspired action comes as I'm appreciating. So yeah, it's nice to do that, but that's not going to really be where your guidance is going to be. You might have small impulses like, to, oh, I should email this person or I should check on that person or send this person a call. Like you might have those little impulses through a rampage of appreciation. But on the bigger picture of your financial picture and your career, I would check in first with your inner voice about the guidance and what to do. If you're having trouble with that, that's a great time to go to an inner voice facilitator and do a session and just even say, hey, I want to do not necessarily a classic inner voice session. I want to do a career focused one. Can we do that? And I want to talk specifically about career and finances and just focus on that if you want to. Um, and there might be some emotional beanbags as they call those around the topics. That's probably why it's not coming more naturally and easily. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just old emotions that may have fear and lack of trust to the inner voice. If you hear the inner voice's answers and you're afraid to follow them or they don't feel satisfying to your mind, that's because there's a lack of trust in the mind based on those emotions that are really old usually and have nothing to do with this current moment, but are feeling activated in this now moment. So hopefully that helps. And in terms of to attract more abundance, releasing as many beanbags if there are fears and distrust and worries in your mind is going to reveal the trusting nature and the unconditional alignment that's inside yourself for abundance. And when you have that as clear as possible, keep that pipe as clear as possible, release those beanbags, clear out that basement of stuff, then you're going to feel really unafraid. And when you feel unafraid, you're very trusting and allowing and free and flowing and fun. And you have patience, you're not rushing things, and things can really serve you in the best and highest way. Next up, Maddie Robbins says, how do you cultivate more compassion in your life? Beautiful question. This has become something that of a passion of my own is watching for me, for me, this is just, I can speak to my own experience of this, the beanbag releasing. So when I started to learn how to do the beanbag releasing, and I then had what I call the cocoon dragon phase of my life, and I had two and a half years of just crazy amounts of hundreds and hundreds of experiences that would trigger these old emotions to come up to be released and to be cleared and healed. As I would have an emotional beanbag, a big, strong, triggered reaction to an experience in my life in the now moment that felt like an old motion from a past experience, that 
that awareness of how to release the beanbag, after I released the beanbag, I'd have replacing that beanbag would be compassion. So that was huge. Compassion became the replacement. Once that emotion was no longer activated and it was no longer in a state where it could be triggered so easily in that kind of old, itchy, yucky, projecting kind of, ooh, like kind of like, a, I always say it's kind of like a bruise. So if you have this emotional bruise on your arm and somebody walks by you on the street and they bump into your arm, if you have a huge wound there, you're going to have a far bigger reaction than somebody that has no wound there. So life situations, you know, are always happening dualistically. They're always like th things you like, things you don't like, but the things you don't like when you, some things don't bother you very much, right? And that some things really set you off. The things that really get you going, those things where other people may actually be peaceful. I always like road rage as an example. So many people have road rage and so many people don't have road rage. But the same situation of being cut off in traffic could happen to both people, but they'll have a completely different emotional reaction to the car getting cut off in front of you. Or let's say a flight getting delayed or something like that. You could have a totally different reaction than someone else. And if your reaction's the really triggered one, like you were the bruised person and someone walked by, you're gonna have a big ouch reaction. And you might even want, your mind might wanna project at the person that bumped it, blaming them. Meanwhile, it's not really their fault. They did bump you, they probably didn't mean to do it, but the reaction and the amount of pain you're feeling is because of your own wound. It has nothing to do with them. And that's why someone else could have that same experience and not be as triggered because their wound's not there, their arm is fine, so they notice the person's experience, but it doesn't trigger them in any way. So when that gets healed, when the beanbag releasing happens, that's like healing the bruise. Then there's no more bruise. When there's no more bruise, but you already had a bruise, so you had the bruise and then it heals, when it heals, you always remain in compassion for those that are bruised there. So when you're in bruise mode, when you have the bruise, you have empathy for other people. Let's say you had the road rage thing and you have road rage and you see someone else having road rage, you know what that other person's feeling. And you're like, yeah, like not that they should be doing that, but you know the feeling that they're feeling. You're like, yes, I understand. I feel that also. I can easily pull that up inside myself now also if I wanted to, because that's something that you'd still be having active. But once you've healed it properly and like it's released and healed, the bruise is gone, but it used to be there. Compassion remains. You never judge other people with the same beanbag, the same emotional wound that you had, because you once you've healed it, you're no longer in empathy mode because you can't, you're not bruised anymore. So if you poke your own arm, you can't feel as painful as it was when it was bruised. You know this from your actual arm if you had a bruise. When it's sensitive, and tender, of course it's going to have a big like physical reaction. But once it's healed, you'll remember what the feeling used to feel like, but you can't do it anymore because the bruise is gone. It will be a sensation, but it won't be the painful one that used to be so dramatic. So that's what happens. For me, I've just seen compassion, compassion, compassion after all those beanbag releases. So I can be very non-judgmental to people in the reality, especially mostly around the ones where I've personally had releasing. And I've also noticed a lot, I'll just say this as like an interesting tip on this one. Um, sometimes I've found over the years, the beanbags that I've had, I'm like, oh, there's a big reaction to that situation. And it doesn't feel like a feeling I've ever felt in the past. And then I'll reflect on it and notice, oh, that's a reaction like my mom used to have when I was young. Or that's a reaction like my dad used to have when I was young. And then I'm there at this now moment having a similar reaction to something new that feels like something they used to react to, but I'm the one reacting like they used to react. And when I was young, I used to think, 
why are they reacting that way? Why would they ever do that? Because I wasn't bruised. So when I saw someone with a bruise, like my parents, when you're young, you see their own wounding and you don't know that when you're little, you just, but you're kind of when you're little and you're not wounded there, you're like, that's a crazy reaction, mom, <laughs> or that's a crazy reaction, dad. But then that's a judgment in your mind because you've never had that BMX. You have no idea the pain that they're feeling. When I've later in adulthood in the last few years had situations that feel like their old stuff come up in my life and I release and heal that in myself, compassion obviously comes for myself because I know how painful it was when it was up, when the beanbag was there. But then once I've healed it, the judgment to my parents having that reaction when I was young completely disappears. I just have compassion. I no longer have judgment. I would not have empathy. But having gone through that releasing, I go, oh my gosh. And that's what they were feeling when they were reacting that way. And here I am knowing all that I know and all that I've done. And I still reacted that way also. I still felt that too. Like no wonder they reacted that way. Total compassion. Not saying it was right they reacted that way or I reacted that way, but compassion understands it's okay. And that if somebody knew any different or could feel any different, they obviously would have. So for me, that's where compassion really has become huge in my life. And when I do client sessions and beanbags come up and I start sharing and stuff, I always sometimes throw in this little like <laughs> thing that I've realized, like when I used to hear about enlightened people, I used to think when I was younger, like much younger, oh my gosh. And like their humility is just, you know, another way that they're so cool and awesome and in my mind's way of thinking of it like better than us also like like let's say a saint you know or like Jesus like oh even that is like a way that they're better their humility and what I've realized now is after all these hundreds of beanbags is like <laughs> humility is like when you realize you are no different than anyone else and that all their emotions they're feeling you felt also. So you don't feel any better or any worse than anyone else because you all are the same. That level of humility was a shift from my old mind's perspective on humility in the past. In the past, I my mind kind of put that as another way they were not like me and how they were more on a pedestal. But as I actually went through all those beanbags, I was like, oh my gosh, that's why they're humble. They just know they have not, they're human also. And those emotions get triggered in them also. And that without any awareness and healing of them, that is a lot of to deal with also. And so there's just a huge compassion and humility that comes with with that wisdom of healing. So it, the world would be a much better place, I could say that, with a lot of healing of the inside. When you clean your insides out, you know, empathy is nice. It's it's a step along the way to know that you also have the same beanbag or the same wound and know what that feels like for someone else is good, but it's even nicer and more enjoyable for everybody involved when the compassion becomes the modus operandi. So um, it is what it is until that all comes up and it comes up and bubbles up in the time and space that's right for everyone. But that's where compassion's become key for me. All right, Lauren says, um, what do you do to trust in your inner voice when it tells you to quit a stable job you've had for 14 plus years while building a business that's not yet producing enough money to support it all? Great question, Lauren. It's a really good question the mind has. You should ask the questions about the resistance that you have in your mind to your inner voice. I can tell you, you'll be fine. Your inner voice will tell you, you'll be fine. <laughs> but your mind doesn't believe it. That's why it's asking me. So the thing that you need to go into to your inner voice is ask all the doubts that your mind has to following it. Well, what will happen? How am I going to pay rent next month or the mortgage? What about the kids' school and their lessons? Blah, blah, blah. Ask whatever is coming up in your mind to your inner voice because I know you're going to be fine. Every inner voice I've ever worked with, with every client around the world for 10 years, <laughs> says the same thing. I know you will be because 
you're creating your own reality. And as long as there's not beanbags in the way that would be creating from that wounded place, you'll be fine. But your mind's doubting that. So where you need to find that peace is in more questions to your inner voice. And also just know, I want this to become something everyone's aware of. Your mind can have an opinion, can have a preference, can have a desire. And if you have enough clarity to hear inner voice like Lauren does right now with the decision to quit the job, you don't have to follow your mind. You have a choice, you have free will, and your free will normally gets obscured and abducted by your ego, the mind, and like just runs with its agenda and doesn't think that it has free will. Just because your mind thinks you should stay at the job doesn't mean you have to. What your mind's right now saying is like, I'm not gonna leave, why should I? But if you have enough clarity that you have the infinite wisdom of all of your lifetimes inside of you telling you to do so, you have just as much sovereignty and choice and freedom to choose to follow the inner voice no matter what the mind says. So you could almost reverse this in your mind. Like you have just as much freedom. I want everyone's minds to recognize they have just as much freedom to choose what the inner voice says to do even when the mind doesn't agree with it as following the mind when the inner voice says something that, you know, is not in alignment to it. Many people are used to staying, let's say, for example, in a relationship or in a job, like for longer than their inner voice has been guiding them to. They did that free will. They just free willed the choice to follow the mind's fear. But you can also free will the choice to follow the inner voice's guidance against your mind. Like you don't have to follow the mind. I just want that to be said like very clearly. doesn't mean the mind's going to like it. It'll probably cry, complain, whinge, as the British say, the Aussies say too. Like it's, it might do, it might throw a fit. You don't have to care. Like you don't have to follow it. You can allow it to do its thing and still not choose what it says to do. Just as much as you could do the opposite and follow the mind and not the inner voice. You can do the inner voice and not the mind. That doesn't mean it's gonna be quiet and simple because of the beanbags. And that's literally where the inner voice dialoguing on those areas where there's not that trust yet. It's there, by the way. Can I also say like below the emotional beanbags and the emotional experiences from the past that are still lingering in the now that are coming up out of fear. Below that is the trust. One of the inner voices I worked with for a client, you know, is like basically showed me a table and said, you know, there's stuff on top of the table, but underneath all of the stuff is always the table underneath. And that's the trust. So underneath at the core of everyone is trust on all aspects of life. The only thing that makes that seem impossible or not true is the beanbags, the stuff on the table. So as you release the stuff on the table, on top of the table, the trust that's underneath emerges to be clearly there. But it's just buried underneath stuff. Some just a little bit on certain topics and others a lot, depending on past experiences, traumas, mass conditioning, limiting beliefs, and ancestral stuff. There's a lot of webs of of places they come from, but you just got to see where they are and just deal with them one at a time as they come up in your life and, and just keep going. Emily G says, hi, Jess. Can't wait to hear another flow diary to see what you've been up to over the past few months. My question is, can you please recommend some good inner voice journaling prompts to help me break through my money blocks? I'm going to begin at connecting with my inner voice. So I'm looking for some starting points. Thank you. Yes, I will do a flow diaries when it feels like the flow to do a flow diaries. There's been a lot happening, but still kind of letting it happen before I share the flow of it all. So um, that will come when it comes. But then in terms of prompts for money blocks. Okay, so I would ask inner voice, am I always gonna have enough? 
I'm just gonna give you, I'm just gonna like pretend I'm working with a client. You can then slow this down and write these down if you want to, or just take the ones or try them in your head if you're driving or something, whatever you want. But I'm just gonna think, I'm gonna pretend I'm with you as a client. Inner voice, am I always gonna have enough? If yes, why? If no, why not? If yes, I'm always gonna have enough. How can I know that's true? How can you promise me that's true? Is there any way that couldn't be true? If there's a way it couldn't be true, what would happen? What would happen after that? What would happen after that? Try to like see what the mind's big fears are and then go, all right, do I need to try hard at abundance inner voice? Why not? Or why so? What should I do for abundance inner voice? Do I have to do something? If it says to do nothing or to not worry and relax, what will happen if I do that? Can you promise me that? How do I know this is true? What do I need to know so that the mind will understand and follow this? What can I release that's in the way so that this would otherwise be easy? Let's start with some of those. Now we have Caro who said, do you experience loneliness? If so, how do you manage feelings of loneliness? I've been following my flow and this has led to many international moves across the world. However, sometimes I feel very lonely because of all this movement and being away from loved ones. I'd appreciate your perspective. Caro, I have had loads and loads and loads of loneliness in the earlier years of my travels. I would definitely say that was definitely something that I feared and did sometimes experience but less than I would have even expected. I think the fear of the loneliness was probably more prevalent than the actual feeling experience of loneliness. But definitely as the beanbag releasing and consciousness and trusting and going deeper into my awareness, that lessened. Because those are feelings. Those are emotional beanbags. Loneliness is an emotional beanbag or a cluster, a little constellation of beanbags, if you will. So uh, definitely is something that's understandable, but I was capable as I released those of traveling and not experiencing loneliness. So there wasn't like my external world totally changed in any huge way. But also as all of that lightened the load, lightened the load, lightened the load with those feelings and emotions, then the connection inside of myself and to things that brought me joy in the now moment and trust and allowing and unfolding and then new experiences flowed in more naturally. So as that yucky, the, the, not say yucky, but like as those old feelings released, new things flowed in in replacement at the higher frequency. But definitely I have a lot of, I have a load of compassion, a load of compassion for you. But at the same time, alone time that you have is such a precious, cherishable time to go deep into yourself. So that is the perfect time to go into your inner voice and consciousness right now, as long as that's what's flowing for you. So if you choose to, and it feels fun and interesting, this is a huge opportunity for you to accelerate your growth in that way that will then serve you if it if and when it pops you back into the flow of a you know more busy less lonely feeling life Wendy says, I'm struggling just a tiny bit because I've manifested the life of my dreams and I'm almost scared of it, but I guess just so grateful for it and in disbelief that it's happening. How do you work through those feelings? I would go into your inner voice again because the clarity and the peace you're looking for is inside yourself not in the externals. So I think one thing you can recognize is to be appreciative of those external things, great, but also recognize that the internal state of all of those things is where there's no duality. So you're saying, oh my gosh, the duel is all lined up, all of the world is lining up in this external way, which is great and wonderful, 
But the fear is that it could swing to the other way. So it's like looking still outside and fearing the lack of. So where there is no lack and where there is only existence of the experiences, really the feelings that you want are inside of you. So I'd really go into your inner voice and ask and also hone into recognizing when the mind might be feeling attachment to those things versus appreciation with that inner guidance and that inner solidness inside yourself that you're good no matter what. So if you can really hone in, this is wonderful and I love it so much and I'm good no matter what, that's going to be huge for you. And I'm good no matter what. That does not include the fear of duality. It's this is wonderful. I appreciate it so much. May more come. Happy. Thank you more, please. And also, I'm good no matter what. This is a great time for you to actually to really solidify in that so that when things do wobble a little bit and life does shift and change in slight different directions, you'll be able to say, and I'm good no matter what, and keep your stability so that things can rearrange and take new shapes and forms, but they don't have to scare you because they're not the same as the perfect way your mind thought they were in the past. So then you can really, really flow with really interesting and new and exciting, surprising new manifestations. All right, now we have Aurelia who said, I'm wondering what you think about writing to your inner voice while intoxicated. Do you think it works? Should I not bother? Sometimes I've come home from a disappointing date a little upset and get the urge to see what my inner voice thinks about the situation. If I've had a couple of drinks, I wonder if I'll be able to hear it correctly, if at all. Thanks for your help. Uh, that's an interesting question I've never been asked. I have not specifically, I, I mean, obviously I've drank over the years. I can't think of a time where I've written a letter to my inner voice with drinking involved. I've obviously had drinks and spoke to my inner voice inside of myself and heard the answers. But I would say try it if you want to, for sure. And then just check in the morning when you're more clear headed and just see do the answers that you're getting then still line up with your answers you perceived last night. And if they do, that's confirmation that you did hear accurately. If they changed, ask your inner voice, why did they change or did you hear it wrong in the night before? Or if so, why? And um, actually, as I'm getting close to needing to go get an Uber for the flight, I'll end on Pretty and Bella's question. Hi, Jess, I'd love to know how to tap into your intuition in day-to-day -day life, also when you're exploring a new city and shopping. Thank you. Okay, so you can use it two ways. You can use your feelings to guide you or you can use your actual inner voice. So your inner voice is a loose term I use to your intuition or whatever you might call that mystical, magical, wonderful guiding spot inside of yourself that's really there to guide you through this creation we call life. So you can use dialoguing auditory words, or you can use visuals, and you can use feelings. So choose your one that feels easiest and most natural to you of those, or mix them up if you have access to multiple tools, like you could see a vision, or you could see, you hear the words from your inner voice more easily, or if you have just feelings. So if you go to shopping, you could go, and it could tell you, go left, go right, go forward, you know, kind of guide you through the mall and then go in this store. Or you could just use your feel, feel like in your gut to that. Like where does your eye land? Where, and then go into there. And then where does your gut turn you there? And when you're holding something, does it feel heavy or does it feel aligned to purchase? As an example with the shopping, that's a fun one for me. I shared in the money part of flowing up about three trips to the mall that I took and the difference of each experience based on learning to listen to the inner voice and not my mind. Um, exploring a city, same thing. You could use it to where does your eye get drawn to? Where is the traffic flowing? Flow with the river of life, basically. Get into the current and watch your inner voice guide you through feel and impulses in your external energy reality. And then also, like I said, you can ask it, like, what should I do? I, I used to do that in Bali every day for one week. I was like, what should I do? And it would say, go to the blue one, the blue one. 
And so I knew that was like a blue cafe. And that blue cafe, when I got there, I was sitting down and the guy next to me had a blue Nalgene bottle and ordered a cup of tea was in the same blue color. And I thought that was all like, oh, I'm in the right place. And the cafe was blue because I couldn't remember the name of that cafe. So my inner voice had to use the description of blue, which brought me to that one. But the guy next to me was sitting there and his friends walked in. And this is such a bizarre moment. And they said, hey, do you want this book? And they held up the book, which was the same color blue as everything else. So I noticed the cover of the book because of the color being the bright blue blue that everything else was and my inner voice had kind of got me there for and it turns out he's like no no I've already read it you can you know I don't need it and so they said okay well we'll just leave it here for somebody to take later and then they left it on the shelf in the cafe and they walked out of the cafe they didn't even stay in the cafe but what was wild was I was wanting a new copy of the power of now and there's no bookstores in Chenggu so I wasn't going to get one and all of a sudden this like couple walks in holds up the power of now says do you want it to the guy next to me he says no and they say to him in my earshot well we're going to leave it here for somebody that wants it and it's the same color blue like it was just magical so obviously that's a really fun way to play with your inner voice too so those are yeah feelings visuals words all are great. Use them to any aspect. What should I wear today? What should I eat today? Any three of those. You could see it, you could hear it, or you could feel it. Just go with those for anything. It's super fun. Life gets far more magical when you do. All right, there you guys go. A little bit of a smattering of Q&A. Fun to do that. Maybe we'll do another one soon. In the meantime, I'm going to go head back to Lisbon. And yeah, I love you guys so much. Until next time, may something wonderful happen to you today. <laughs>